All right, open your Bibles to Psalm 121. I feel like Psalm 121 is the scripture, one of them, for year 2021 or for 5781. And uh, in fact, we have some neighbors that uh, are Jewish and they brought over some challa. You know what challa is? How many know what challa is? Bread. It's bread. Yeah, how many of you knew that? It, it's really delicious. And so we were able to have that uh, on Friday. That was beautiful. And uh, I just keep thinking about 5781. That's the Hebrew New Year, but also we're getting ready to celebrate 2021. And God said it's not going to be 2021 like in the number one, but 2021, W-O-N. Also, I want to remind you, I just uh, felt to, uh, to say this in my heart. Those of you that follow us on um, not only Daystar with our program, but also on the Victory Channel now with Brother Copeland. We are actually going to be uh, with him this week. So tune in on DirecTV. Tune in to all the other uh, venues and ways to watch the Victory Channel. And uh, Brent and I are going to be doing some ministering and speaking. So uh, we look forward to having you with us. Psalm 121. I want you to look at this, and I want to pull out some prophecies. I want to talk about some things. So give me uh, some time to do this. Would that be all right? Because I think you're going to be encouraged. Psalm 121. Notice what uh, the psalmist says. Now, a lot of theologians say that they're not sure this is David. Uh, this is kind of a, a, an anonymous writer, they say. But he says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills, for where, my, where, where, where cometh my help, or where my help comes. Now, a lot of times people are thinking that the hills is where he's looking for his help. But really, what it is, is he's asking a question is what, as I began to study this out. I will lift up my eyes into the hills. In other words, perhaps there was an enemy there. Perhaps there was some kind of threat. Maybe he was feeling anxious. And really, this would be more of a question. Where does my help come from? And all of a sudden, he takes his eyes, so to speak, off of the hill. And notice what he does. He gets his eyes set upon the greatest hill, the, the place of the throne room. And he says, my help comes from the Lord. So he answers his own question. And I want you to write that down. My help comes from the Lord. You're going to see... All the things that we went through this year, as we start heading into 2021, the year of victory, the year to celebrate, you're going to see that your help has and does come from the Lord. I feel like there's going to be a real struggling season is going to be over for a lot, a lot of people. And things are going to start being set in order. So my help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keeps thee, now that word keeps thee, I want you to underline that because that's also a, a word of preservation or it means preservation, it means protection. So how many know that God preserves you, he protects you? He will not slumber, he will not sleep. Behold, he that preserves or protects Israel shall not go to sleep. The Lord is thy what? Thy keeper, he's your protector, he's your preserver. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. Verse 6, the sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. Now look at verse 7 specifically. The Lord shall preserve you from how much evil? All evil. He'll preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. What's being attacked right now? It's what Jesus said in your patience, possess your soul. Your soul is your mind, it's your will, it's your emotions. And, and right now, we need to understand that in the midst of chaos and all kinds of crazy things happening in the earth, there's a preservation for your soul. Hey, uh, Pastor Hank, what are you saying? I'm saying you don't have to get caught up in anxiety. You don't have to have your soul where you feel like you're losing your mind or you have no grip on your emotions. 
there's a preservation for your soul. In other words, no matter what they say, no matter what they do, I am not moved because God is preserving me, protecting me. He'll preserve your soul, and the Lord shall preserve, watch this, you're going out and you're coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Now, what is the definition of, of preserve? To, to, because God's a God of preservation. To preserve means to keep from injury. How many of you will say, I'll take that, right? Your kids are out playing. Lord, I prophesy preservation upon them. No destruction. Okay, that's what preservation means. It means no destruction, free from injury, harm, and it also means to protect. It means to keep alive, right? If your life's been preserved, you're, you're, you're being kept alive. To be free from decay. Now, think about that. How many of you have ever found a Twinkie years later? Right? It's still eatable. What's the word? Edible. It's still edible. I did that once when I was younger. I found it. I had a Twinkie. And I think the whole school year went by, and I pulled it out of one of those tuck-in desks. Remember the old tuck-in desk? And, and if you're like me, I, I save everything. Yeah, right, Brenda? I save everything. So I had lots of stuff back there. In fact, at one point, the teacher uh, made the whole class clean out their desk because she goes, there is something stinking in this class. It was all the stuff I had stuck in the back, banana peels, all kinds of stuff, uh, apple cores. And so, now I'm clean now. Come on. I, I, I've, been, I've been wifed. To the glory of God and the honor of Brenda. And mom, you didn't raise no guy like that. That's just, I lived in the moment in those days, mom. And I, I had my rebellious moment as a eight-year-old or whatever. So, but anyway, the bottom line is, you know, Twinkie, a year later, 20 years later, if you put in a time capsule, you could eat the thing. I double-dog dare some of you to do that. But here's the point. Why? Because of preservations or preservatives, Right? You take that stuff where it says no preservatives. How many of you eat that food? No preservatives. I eat some of that stuff. And it tastes like you're eating a piece of cardboard. It's like it has no taste to it. Thank God for preservatives. <laughs> Makes stuff taste good. That's just my opinion. But anyway, that's what preservation is. Now, why am I saying this to you? This is where I want to go with this. So I was by my uh, train set. I have HO trains. How, anybody know what an HO train scale looks like? Okay. There are you know, trains that are about like this and like that and all that. So anyway, I was by my trains and I was just working. I needed to take a break. As I was standing there gluing some things on my layout, all of a sudden the voice of the Lord comes to me. And it shocked me because it was so strong and so loud that it was almost like he was standing right here. And I turned around and I said, Lord, you are here. Speak. And he said to me, he said, I want you to understand something. He said, many have prophesied and have declared, and we're going to talk about this on the prophetic pulse, and I was talking to Sunil because he used to work for a, a prophet named Kim Clement, and, um, you know, Kim was prophesying about resilience, and, and uh, the Lord said to me, he said, that is part of what I'm speaking, but he said, Hank, I want to add to that word that I spoke through my servant, Kim, and I want you to hear what I'm now doing. It's the word preservation. Not only is America resilient, in other words, it bounces back through crisis, through chaos, through all kinds of crazy things, but he said to me, he said, it is because of a spirit, uh, my anointing, that is bringing preservation or protection. And he said to me, he said, I have chosen the election even. And even this time, 
for my spirit of preservation. In other words, no matter how many attempts, no matter how many things that anyone's going to try to do, God's going to preserve his plan and his agenda. It's going to get crazy. I'm here to tell you it's going to get crazy, but you're going to see the goodness of God that preserves in the midst of craziness. And then he said to me, not only have I dedicated this election, he said, I've dedicated it to the harvest of what belongs to my son in his shed blood. There is coming a massive harvest that, that God is after, and he's dedicated it to Jesus. And, and that's why there's all this craziness, because the enemy knows the father is after the harvest for his son. And then he said to me, he said, and not only that, but he said, this decade... I have dedicated it to the children because the spirits of fear and fear-mongering has tried to steal their future. And he said, and through that, abortion laws are going to come crashing down. They're just going to come toppling. And uh, he said, I'm going to extend that preservation now to the womb. They ain't going to allow that to happen anymore. Okay, are you listening? This is what God is saying. This is the word of the Lord. Now, so I said, well, Lord, you know, give me an analogy that I could share with the people because I want to share with you some prophecies. And he said to me, he said, well, first of all, you have to remind the people of what is part of their covenant right. Do you know how many of you are Christians in here or you are believers, you know, in, in Jesus? Okay, there's your hands. Raise your hands. Just the fact, how many of you ask Jesus to come into your heart? Everybody here, those of you that are watching. Romans 10, 13, if they could put this up before I give you a, a, a biblical analogy of what I'm talking about, where what's preserving this nation, what's preserving your life, what's going to pull us through some of the chaos, the violence that will go to another level here. I'm not saying that to be doom and gloom. I'm just saying, listen, the prophets of Baal have cut themselves. They're bleeding. What does that mean, Pastor Hank? It means God has picked a fight, just like in the days of Elijah, right, with the prophets of Baal and, and God and his prophet. And as a result, the prophets of Baal cut themselves and they inflicted their own hurt and downfall. All this stuff that's happening, don't think that they have the upper hand. They're bleeding. What does that mean? Soon they're going to lose their life. They're going to lose it all. They're not going to have a voice. They're not going to have an expression. They're not going to have a say because they cut themselves. They've inflicted harm upon their own selves by acting out like people are acting out. And so don't ever think that God doesn't have the upper hand. Just like he said, this nation is not going backwards. We're going forward. What you're seeing is stuff that has been here all the while that is coming now to the surface. And God's exposing it, dealing with it, and he's going to get rid of it. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be the, you know, little house on the prairie from here on out. Or Walton Mountain, uh, America, where you call everybody and say goodnight, you know. And everybody's friendly, and you can have them over at your house. No, there's still some wacky people around because there's demons, right? And what people don't realize, the way, reason people are acting the way they're acting is they got devils. A lot of people do, right? Okay, so let's talk. Romans 10, verse 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word saved in the Greek is the word sozo. They shall be what? Forgiven given eternal life, they shall be healed. That's what that word means. They shall be prospered. They shall be blessed. And they shall be rescued from harm. They shall be preserved. So when you said, Jesus, come into my heart, you didn't just get a salvation package of just salvation. That's the only thing you got. You're going to heaven, you're forgiven. No, you got a full benefits package that includes preservation. You don't have to die 
early. Why? Jesus became the curse. Part of that curse was he was to die prematurely at 33 years of age so that you can live a long life in preservation. Okay, nobody clapped at that. If you're watching online and you want to have your life preserved, clap your... Okay, oh, now they're all clapping. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So let's look at Luke chapter 4. Look at Luke chapter 4. I want you to see this. Jesus comes into the temple. And this is the analogy that the Lord gave me in verse 16. Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. So he goes back to his hometown. And as his custom or his habit was, he went to church. That's what everybody needs to hear after shut-in. It needs to be your habit. How many of you say, I want to be like Jesus? We always say that. Well, if we're like Jesus, he went to church or the synagogue as his habit or his custom was. So if you really want to be like Jesus, get to church. Or keep watching online. Find your online church. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and I love this. He said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. As he opened the book, verse 18 is where he says it. He opens the book in verse 17. He says in verse 18, look, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty uh, them that are bruised. Now watch the reaction from the people. He said also to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, and when he closed the book, he gave it to the minister, the one in charge, and sat down, and all eyes were fastened on him. Listen, I know what it means to have all eyes fastened. I've prophesied many things, and I've opened my eyes after I've prophesied, and all eyes are fastened on you. So I, I do understand. I kind of know Jesus. Jesus, I kind of know, but not at the extent that you do. But anyway, all the eyes were fastened on him in the synagogue. They were mad. They were checking him out. Who is this one that's coming, and how dare he? And, and so he began to say to them, this day, he rubbed it in. It's like, you ever done that to somebody? I'm going to rub it in and go for the extra. Jesus rubbed it in, man. He did that with his thumb. I began to say to this day, the scripture's fulfilled in years. Now watch, fast forward. Something begins to happen. Jesus now is walking out. And they, they said in verse 28, and all in the synagogue when they heard Jesus as he was continuing his speech. And, and I, I already preached a message before what he was talking about, how there were many lepers in, in, uh, in Israel, but only one was, was the prophet sent and so on. The point is, watch what happens in verse 28. And all those in the synagogue, as they saw him, they, they were filled with, with wrath. They were filled with, with uh, all that were in the synagogue. When they heard these things, they were filled with wrath. They were mad. They were mad, 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 mad. Just like people today. You know, you ask them why they're out there, you know, burning people's businesses down. We're mad. Well, what are you mad about? We're mad. They couldn't tell you. But boy, they were mad in the synagogue. They were mad at Jesus. Now watch what happens. They were so mad that they wanted to take Jesus and kill him. And so they rose up. They thrust him out of the city. In other words, they pushed him out of the city. Notice cities were in uproar back in those days too. And led him unto the brow of the hill where, they, where the city was built and that they wanted to throw him down off a cliff. But watch what happens. Jesus, just as a cool, anointed one, passes right through them. With his best jive walk. <laughs> Teresa, is she here? Okay. Solomon, tell me that looks cool. Now, if you want to know how to walk like this, just imagine yourself bowling. Just bowl. Just bowl. But Jesus passed all the way through the midst of them, and he went his way. In other words... How did he pass through a mob? 
He probably was translated. But what caused this to happen? His life was preserved. There's two things that, that, is, is pre, that will preserve your life. Number one is obedience. Right? What should you pray over your life? Not my will, but your will be done. Amen. Every once in a while, you're going to be presented with the cup that you're going to have to say, not my will, God. I will do what you want. I will do what you ask. Obedience will extend your life, protect your life, preserve your life. It's what it did with Jesus. He, he, he um, learned obedience through the things that he suffered, but his obedience is what led him to the cross. So just do right things. Okay? The second thing was the anointing. Okay? Jesus said in Luke 4.18, I just read it to you, look at me, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. So there was a spirit or an anointing that Jesus had on him that preserved him, right? Just like Psalm 121 preserved him from all evil, right? That anointing is what God has placed upon this nation. That's why when I look at all the things, and, and, and please have your spiritual ears on today, okay? As a prophet who's had to speak in many different uh, decades now, years, administrations, uh, just listen. You know, all the things, for example, Mueller report and all the things that were being thrown and thrown and thrown and thrown and thrown at the administration, and they had some of the best, I guess, dirty cops there were. If they were going to find anything on anybody, it would be these guys. Right? right? Yeah. But they couldn't find anything after millions and millions of your taxpayer money. Yeah. Why? Why, why is it when all of a sudden, you know, they got all these accusations and all this thing, and then it was supposed to be, we have a president that's supposed to be impeached, right? Well, he is impeached, Pastor, but they didn't remove him from office like the Lord said. It, it wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to do it. And I, man, I had people writing hate mail at me. Well, see, you prophesied that, you know, no, he, he was not removed, just like the word said. And here's the bottom line. Why? I'm not, I'm not sticking my hand in, in, in the sand here. There is a, I'm looking and going, God, what is it about this person I'm not talking about personality. I'm talking about preservation, God. You, it seems like no matter how, every day how much is being said, how much is being spoken, what the newscasts are saying, come on, right? right? They don't report it or they report opposite, and yet he's still standing. There's a spirit of preservation that God has chosen. And here's the thing. He's done more for the church than any other president, and we got to get behind and recognize, God, you place an anointing right now upon our nation to preserve our religious liberties, to reserve our freedoms, and to protect it right now, and we've got to be smart about this. All right, I'm going to make some of you mad, and so if that wasn't enough, I'm standing by my train, and the Lord said, Hank, the, the campaign slogans and agendas, where do they get their inspiration from? Heaven or hell? There's only two sources that are speaking into something. So if there is a party that says, we don't want God, David said it, we don't want God included, then where are they getting their inspiration from? Do you think God's going to put his blessing on someone that's kicking him out? Or do you think God's going to put his blessing upon those that are saying, we, we want you, God, and they're evoking the blessing of God. They made their whole convention about God. And so the, I'm standing by my trains, and the Lord says, words like, and, and these are, you guys know this, you've been here. I was prophesying about a New York president since 9-11, since the night of 9-11. Kim, Clement, and I, we prophesied uh, 
privately together to different candidates. Oh, that's a different story. But he had words about a New York president. I had words about a New York president. We hadn't met at that time. He's looking at me. I'm looking at him. He's going, where did you get these words? Where did I get these words? God, we hadn't made them public. But the Lord speaks to me, and he's been saying for years, I'm going to make this nation greater than before. All of a sudden, a slogan comes out, make America great again. A slogan comes out, keep America great. Keep America. What did I read you? The Lord is going to keep you. And we're sitting here going, well, I just think those are stupid slogans politically. Listen, is God trying to speak and get the, the point out? And we've got spiritual blindness or whatever on our eyes because we just don't like certain things or we're listening to certain things. And it's caused our spiritual discernment, some of us, to not be accurate. So, a spirit of preservation. What preserved Jesus? What's preserving this nation? It is the anointing of the Lord. Now, I want you to know this. God gave some prophecies about his agenda. And he said, look at May 31st, 2020. How many remember when the Washington Monument and the Statue of Liberty were struck with lightning? They say, this doesn't usually happen. Look at the prophecy from May 31st, 2020. And they then look and see the lightning. So God's saying, lightning is going to be one of the things I'm going to use. Behold the displays that I shall cause to take place, even in the natural, for you will see Satan fall. You will see his agenda fall in the displays of lightning. How many of you know? Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So think about it. Why would we have to look at lightning and all of a sudden, a few days later, bam, Washington Monument hit by, by lightning within the same week. Uh, right after that, the Statue of Liberty. They said, this does not happen to the Statue of Liberty. But it happened. Because God's trying to say, no matter what the enemy is trying to push, whatever you feel like your, your soapbox is, God says, listen, the enemy is pushing his agenda. Okay? The enemy is the one that steals, kills, and destroys. And God says there's going to be a display of lightning. And notice what it hit. It hit national monument uh, representation to show that the enemy's agenda over the nation is falling. Especially the Statue of Liberty. He isn't going to get our religious freedoms or our freedoms. So God says, it'll smooth out even though there's rocky waters ahead, but I will bring the decade of difference that I've promised that you will testify and say, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It is among us once again, says the Spirit of God. Now, here's the thing you have to remember. These are preserving words. Uh, we have to learn to hear correctly, okay? Jesus said in Luke 8, 18, you can write this down. He said, be careful how you hear. Now, in order to be careful how you hear, okay? Here, here, in other words, when I hear keep America great, people saying that, I'm careful how I hear it. I don't hear it like, um, well, whether I like the person or not like the person I hear, God, I hear your voice in that. Are you hearing me? I hear your voice in that, Lord. Law and order. I hear your voice in that. Well, Pastor, how come you have your, how come you can hear God and I can't? Because I don't listen to the TV and get all over social media. I'm with God. I spend time in the throne room. Not in the living room, just sitting there. Are you here? Are we, should I just go? You want me to go? We're going to have another service? Okay. Be careful how you hear because what you hear determines how you hear it. If you're focusing so much on fear and, and lies, when you hear that stuff, it'll affect how you hear when the truth comes. You won't be able to recognize it. 
Keep going. I want to show you. Look at Matthew 23, 37. I'm going to put this scripture up because, you know, somebody said, well, Pastor Hank, you prophesied that this president will get two terms. You've been prophesying that for years, this New York president. Inconceivable. <laughs> right? So Sunil and I were talking. I said, Sunil, you know, you got all these prophecies and all this that he's been tracking. He says, oh, he says, here's what you need to say to people. They keep saying, you know, is president going to win? Listen, whoever gets the most vote, votes wins. So get out, pray, get out and vote. So here's the bottom line. God's agenda, no matter what it is, he will always send prophets to speak. Amos 3, 7, God does nothing in the earth unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. Now, there's a lot of prophetic chatter going on. So when the Lord speaks something into the earth, you have to understand that he does it by rank and file and by those who he has promoted. The reason I say this is, if the president is going to make a strategic national move or bring a strategic national warning as a commander-in-chief, is he going to call up Fred at Freddy's and say, hey, Freddy, um, I know you're great at making milkshake and custards, but I'm getting ready to make a major decision and bring a warning to the United States of America, Freddy, and I just feel like I need to share this with you. Now, I'm not saying that Freddie might not discern that something's about to happen and the president's about to make a decision and do something huge, right? <laughs> so here's the thing. The president will call his generals in, and he will look at those who have been promoted, who have go gone through the ranks and files, right, who have been proven, who have been trusted, and he will share classified, high-level information with those who have the ranks on their shoulders, Today, we've got so many people who get on the internet and, and they try to make themselves a national prophet because they got their own internet program and they get visions and dreams and they heard God say something or they had a dream. Always remember, that's typically not how God does stuff. He will look at those that are part of the company of prophets who have been proven, promoted, raised up by him. Jesus, Ephesians 4.11, he's the one that puts some into the office of a prophet, not all. So he'll look to those first. Yeah, but pastor, what if they are, are missing it? What if they sold out? There's always a Micaiah. There's always one out of those that God has put rank and file and positional grace and authority on that he'll speak through. Okay, he'll find if the other prophets have sold out and he'll get his word of truth into the earth. How many hearing me? So what happens is a lot of times people say, well, yeah, but anyone can come up with the word of the Lord. Yeah, maybe you can. Maybe you're an intercessor. Maybe you've prayed. But are you going to be given a positional grace and authority or a platform in which to speak that? Here's why that's dangerous. If you look at the Old Testament alone, there were recognized prophets that spoke warnings or spoke national words that were recognized. Elisha, Elijah, Daniel, Isaiah, come on, Samuel the prophet. These were not some guy that, you know, uh, uh, you know had his own camel shop. You know, for rent, it was kind of a, you know, rent a camel place. And no, these were recognized prophets that had come up through the schooling, the rankings, the file. They were feared by kings. They were recognized by kings. The kings knew who they were, and some of them didn't want the prophet to show up. 
They weren't just nobodies. In the New Testament, in in, uh, Acts chapter 11, there was Agabus who prophesied a national warning of famine. It wasn't some no-name dude. In fact, you read about Agabus. The Bible says that uh, that the elders and apostles from Jerusalem heard about him. So he had a reputation. So when he opened his mouth to bring a national warning of a famine, it wasn't just some guy in the church, you know. No, he was, a, he was a guy in the church who was recognized that his reputation began to exceed beyond his local assembly of Antioch. Are, are you hearing? There's a protection in this. That's why you've got to get my book. Now, look at Matthew 23, 37, and I want to share a couple prophecies with you, and then we're going to have to call it a day. I tell you, this time just goes by so fast. I'll be glad when we don't have to be squished in and and all of that so we'll be going back to uh, different seating here soon so Matthew 23 37 watch this oh Jerusalem Jerusalem that kills the prophets so what did they do they killed the prophets and stone them which are sent unto thee in other words they're the ones that God sent so these were these are true prophets that were being stoned so were the prophets carrying the message of God were the prophets carrying the intent of God. But the people, prophecy often is in the eye of the beholder. You can make it say whatever you want, interpret it the way that you want, right? I've had that happen to some of my prophecies. Boy, the one about the coronavirus. I had somebody get on and, and, and try to correct me uh, recently, and, and, and I, I had to respond back to them and say, excuse me, but you read a headline. How dare you come and call me false when you're quoting a headline that is out to make me look like I'm an idiot. But that's not what the prophecy said, what you're saying. And you know what? They deleted their comment, and they were smart to do so. Because they look like an idiot. The prophecy never said that the virus would not come to the United States. Why would I prophesy something like that when the virus was already here? Okay, so again, there's always those that will stone the prophets, try to discredit them so that you don't trust the true word of the Lord. But watch, this is the scary part. I'm going to say scary, and not that I'm afraid, but I mean, it's a sobering thought. How I would have gathered the children together. Notice, I would have. I don't want to live in the would-haves of my life. I don't want this nation to live in the would-haves. There is a spirit of preservation that God is trying to show us if we will open our eyes and pull it out of other areas. Okay? How I would have. But notice, he said, I would have gathered you together like a a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, but you would not. Notice who he put the burden and the problem of why his agenda didn't reach its maximum potential. Was it the prophet's fault? People didn't vote. People didn't pray. People didn't show up. You would not. God put it off on them. Now, I want to show you something. Supreme Court has just had a vacancy. Why is this important? Because look at Hosea chapter 12, and then I want to share with you a couple prophecies if they'll come to the piano, please. We don't have a piano. What is that thing? Keyboard. Come to the keyboard. Same thing, right? It'd be like saying, where's my slippers? You mean your shoes. Okay, same thing. I wear them on my foot. Hosea 12, 13. And by a, make sure they put up, and by a prophet, the Lord brought a nation called Israel out. How is God bringing this nation out of the confusion, the deception, the chaos, the fear, the anxiety? He's doing it through prophets. I'm telling you, he's using them. And he's using it to take the nation 
and bring them out of what they're going through so that he can position them where he's heading. Okay, the Lord's agenda again. Let's not stone the true prophets of the Lord. And by a prophet was he, talking about Israel, was preserved. So God used the prophet to bring a nation through, to bring a nation out, and to also, he used the prophet or the prophetic anointing to bring preservation. Why am I saying this to you? Many of you that watch our ministry, many of you that come here, you are, you are part of God speaking many prophetic words that is trying to bring the nation through and out of what it's been through. It's also trying to speak to you a word of preservation. I know, because God said to me, that I have people in my own church that often don't agree with what I say from a political standpoint or who they're going to vote for or how they see President Trump and how they see um, Biden, right? I, I know that there's people that don't, don't agree. The Lord said that. But I'm not going to change my message because then I become a prophet of the land. I have to speak what God says because there's an anointing in my mouth that's going to help pull this nation through and also bring a preservation that when all the smoke settles and different things happen, you're going to see that the word of the Lord was tested, tried, but it stood. Now watch. Let's talk about the Supreme Court. I want to share a prophecy from December 31st, 2018. There were so many prophecies about the Supreme Court. As I was going over it with my staff, I had no clue that I had prophesied that many. But uh, President Trump, uh, somebody sent me a text last night that he said, how many of you heard it? Who's he going to look at appointing? What's he going to appoint? A what? A woman. He said it last night. I'm going to appoint a woman. Now, let's look. There's, there's a prophecy from 2016. 2016, October 26, 2016, even before President Trump was president, God spoke. This is, this is, this is, this is crazy. You, where do you hear this? So I wanted to share these. Can I do that for just the closing moments? Okay. Your Supreme Court, this is October 26. Well, let's put up December. We'll go back to October 26. Put up December real quick. December 31st. This is 2018. I'm greater than your Senate and I'm greater than your Supreme Court. I will shake your court again. And I knew who he was talking about. And one who represented death. How many of you know who he was talking about? Who was part of legalizing death to those who never had a chance to walk the earth. He's talking about abortion. I shall take that which represented death of a ruling of a woman or by a woman. And I shall give back to your courts a what? A woman who shall represent what? Justice. And as this takes place, get ready. Because this is the new era that I'm speaking of. Now you remember when I prophesied 2015 when a former president dies and on the same day he dies there will be an earthquake in America. God says a new era has begun. And that happened in 2000 and uh, was it 18? where President Bush Sr. died and there was that Alaska earthquake 7.0. So we're in a new era and there shall be a reversal of the laws upon the land that aborts the children in the womb and it's coming what? It's coming what? Now look at May 22nd. May 22nd. In fact, there was one prophecy in February and I knew who I was talking about but I had just gotten attacked over the coronavirus falsely. And uh, I was seeing her face, and I'm not making light of that because obviously there's a family that's mourning with, with her death, and, and, and uh, she did uh, 
accomplish a lot to get on the Supreme Court. That's not an easy thing to do. So, you know, we're not in any way, you know, trying to celebrate her or demonize her. That's not my point. I'm just sharing with you prophecies. But there was a prophecy in February where the Lord talked about a high-profile death. How many remember that? That would cause hell to scurry and scatter. And God says, when you see it, I will establish righteousness and justice. He, I knew who he was talking about. And that was this February. But look at May 22nd. Just as things get heated up in your land, watch. We just went through a major heat, did we not? Are things heated up in the land, yes or no? Just as things get heated up in your land, this is 2019, there will be a distraction that shall be from your Supreme Court. Ready? It'll bring discussion, fear, arguing, bickering, because it's about to fall upon this nation. One who stood for death in the womb. So I know who God was speaking to, but I don't often say their names. Justice demands your replacement. God was speaking this. You stood for death in the womb. Now, justice demands your replacement. Therefore, a woman has been chosen to rise up. A woman for a woman. See, God knew who he was talking about. Injustice for justice. That's why when you start seeing the nominee come, don't you get caught up in the political garbage. If it was the Democrats that had an opportunity to have a Supreme Court before the election, they would do it too. That's how politics works, and don't think it's just Republican. God says, but if you look at the bigger picture, why did this happen at this time? Because God is about justice. Right? A woman for a woman, injustice for what? Justice, this is a new era that I speak of, says the Spirit of God. Now, I'll talk about this on the prophetic pulse. Put October 26th up. Stand to your feet. Look at this next one. So God tells us right before the election when this was going to happen. Now, well, Pastor Hank, what if a man gets in? I don't know. Well, that means you're false. The president said he's going to appoint a woman. The prophecy said he's going to appoint a woman. I'll just leave it up to whatever. I, I, I'm not here to. I don't make the prophecies happen. I speak it and then let God bring it to pass. Amen? This was October 26th. Listen to this one. This is going to get you. You're going to see now. So don't get caught up in the political rhetoric. Don't get in on the soapbox. Okay? Your Supreme Court will change. Now, this was how many days before the election? October 26th. How many days before the election? About eight days a week or so. So here I am on the stage, and I'm prophesying about the Supreme Court. Why, why would God speak about the Supreme Court when we're talking about the election? He says, your Supreme Court will change, for I am the Supreme Judge. God says, watch, for I will raise up when there is a vacancy. Watch, he's talking about two, and then there will be the third one. How many vacancies has President Trump filled? Two. Watch what he says. When there's a third one. Go back. When there's a third one. And when, the, then three. 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 Watch what happens when the third vacancy comes. Watch. Look at what God said. The Spirit of Grace says, there shall be a woman. This is the third appointee. Don't get caught up in the deception that they're going to say, now's not the time, it's insensitive, don't do it. God has a different agenda. God says, when there's a third vacancy, I will put a woman there. Now watch what this woman will be like. That she'll be at the helm, and this shall be a compassionate woman. So in other words, she's going to be at the helm. She's going to be at a place of what? She's going to be in a place of authority. He's talking about the Supreme Court. And she, she should be placed there, because he's talking about the vacancies of the Supreme Court. 
I'll put the woman at the helm. Now, there's a place of authority. That's what the helm means. And this shall be a compassionate woman, says the Lord. And it shall be her compassion for the right of the unborn to live. So watch that. That's a clue. They're going to attack whoever he picks. She's going to be somebody, according to the prophecy, that's going to want to fight for abortion to be overturned and they're not going to like it they're going to fight like hell they're going to try to do what hell does hell's filled with fire they're going to want to fill our streets with fire you've heard ahead of time what god said he said it shall be for her by her compassion for the right for the unborn to live that she shall overturn and topple the laws that have aborted the innocent now watch the promise what does a nation look like filled with glory? Can you see it? Can you see it? Says the Lord. Okay, look up here. Why am I saying this? Hosea 12, 13. By a prophetic anointing, God led a nation out of something. By a prophetic anointing, he preserved a nation. Don't get caught up in fake news or the news. Come on, get your eyes on God in the Bible. And look at what the Lord has said ahead of time. And pray. Father, I pray over this nation. I pray over these words. Let every word that you have spoken, Lord, succeed. Let your agenda have its maximum potential. God bless America. Choose the right woman. Lord, let it happen exactly as you have said, as you have prophesied even five years in advance. Lord, we are asking you, God of heaven, get in the middle of it. Don't let politics, don't let men... Father, get in the way of your plan and your agenda. Let it be the right one, and we pray a special grace over them as they're chosen, because, Lord, I feel like they're going to be thrown to the lion's den. And I pray that you would give them the right wisdom, the right words to speak at that time, and they'll come out not even the hair smelling like smoke because of the grace that has positioned them for this time, Lord. It's time to celebrate. It's time to see that we're 2021. A new decade is upon us, and we are going to come to rest, and we will see it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'll share this one last thing. you got to watch the prophetic pulse. I know I'm going late, but I was not here last week. But there's a prophecy from 2019 where God even said, and in fact, Amy and I were talking about this, and Sunil and my staff, when I prophesied it, you, how many of you remember? God said in 2020, there would be an empty, uh, emptying of, this, of a seat on the court. Remember that? He said, actually said it last year. He said, look, there will be an emptying of, of a seat on your court. Well, it's already happening. In 20, or no, actually it was 2019, sorry. In 20, we're in 2020, I keep saying 2021. He said in 2020, you will see an emptying of your seat uh, on the court. This is about a shift that's gonna start happening over America that we need to get ready for. But why? Because of a spirit of preservation. Lift up your hands one last time. Say, Lord, I receive that anointing that preserves my life and my family and my health. It is well. I love you, God. Blow them a kiss. All right, I'll see you uh, Wednesday, our home to yours, or next service. God bless you.